G'day and welcome to another edition of the Big W Podcast. I'm Kevin Hillier and another big week for the club. We had the auction last Saturday night, which was a great success. Thanks to Andrew Chapman, uh, the most unbelievable auctioneer I have ever seen. He is just a beauty. Uh, I've never heard anyone talk quite so quick in my life. Uh, he's he's fantastic, so we thank Andrew for his uh, uh, great effort on on the weekend. And uh, also, uh, we came off the back of a terrific win on Sunday as well. The following day, with a 19-14-128 uh, to uh, 6-6-42 win over Coburg. Great effort from the boys. Uh, headed by uh, Jake Riccardi with six. Uh, Bior Malal with four, Henderson three, Brew two, DeClace two, Munro and Mashman uh, each scoring goals. Hebron, Riccardi, Malal, Barlow, Henderson and Coglin named in the best players. So a terrific win for the boys uh, heading into the big game this weekend and we'll talk about that shortly. We take on the Box Hill Hawks and a look, quick look at the ladder. Richmond on top on course on 56 points, then Essendon on 48, Footscray on 46, Williamstown on 46, in fifth spot Werribee on 36, Geelong on 36, Port Melbourne on 34, Box Hill Hawks, our opponents this weekend on 30 points, Casey Demons on 28, Northern Blues on 28, Collingwood on 28, then down to Sandy on uh, 20, North Melbourne on 20, Coburg on 8 and Frankston on 4. So at the moment, sit in 5th spot on the ladder and uh, still a long way adrift of that 4th uh, spot obviously. Only a couple of games to go but uh, this weekend looms as a biggie. When 5th take on 8th, we take on the Box Hill Hawks for the Beyond Blue Cup. Uh, this coming Saturday, uh, Julia Gillard, our club patron and uh, chair of Beyond Blue, will be our special guest at our President's Luncheon, which you can book for if you want to be part of it. Uh, jump on the uh, on the website, onto the online shop, and you can get your tickets that way. We'd love to see you there on uh, on Saturday at Avalon Airport Oval. This, of course, is our Big W Podcast, with thanks to our great sponsors, uh, the Australian Building Company, homes for unbelievable prices, and you can check out their display village at the New Haven Display in uh, Tarnit. That $99,000 deal for first-home buyers is unbelievable. Skybus, if you're after fast, frequent and affordable airport transfers and a special discount for uh, Werribee uh, members, uh, make sure you travel with Skybus to and from the airport. Cryo Waste Management, clean, efficient and sustainable waste management services. 1300 267 4696 is their number and you can check out their website, cryowm.com.au. They may be able to help you uh, with all sorts of um, uh, problems that you might have in the waste area. They can look after you. And of course, our terrific social venue, which is Churnsides by the River. That's where our presentation night will be this year. Uh, looking forward to that on Thursday, the 26th of September. Uh, so if you want to uh, book for that, you can do that very soon. And, of course, if you want to check out if Churnsides by the River is the place where you should have your next uh, party or celebration or maybe even a business function or a, uh, a workshop, Nine seven four one double six double eight is the number. And next game, of course, this uh, weekend, the Box Hill Hawks. Let's talk about the one we just won and the one that's coming up with uh, a member of our coaching panel. And uh, this week, the spotlight turns on Jack Fitzpatrick. On the Big W Podcast, let's talk uh, the footy from the weekend and what's coming up uh, this weekend as well with the Big Beyond Blue Cup uh, against Box Hill. Uh, Jack Fitzpatrick joins me from our coaching staff uh, and also, of course, a former AFL player in his own right. Hello, Jack. How are you, mate? Very well, thank you, Kevin. How are you going? I'm going well. I'm always happy on a Monday after a big win on the weekend and the boys delivered the goods. Absolutely. It was our biggest win for the year and we've had a couple of wins this year where you sort of get to that seven or eight goal mark and um, it sort of goes either way. You put the foot on the throat and, and go on with a big victory or 
Um, it sort of just ends up being a you know a five, six, seven, eight goal win. We've had a couple of them, but it was really nice um, to finish the game off really strongly on the weekend and and yeah, get a big margin uh, on the board. And uh, good to see uh, you know young Hebron uh, named as the best player on the ground in the in the place. Good to see someone uh, down in the men's department get a bit of a mention every now and again. Oh, look, it's you know, it's he's a defender. That's all you have to do is follow someone around all day, Kev. It couldn't be that hard, surely. <laughs> no, he um he was very very good. He played on a, uh, albeit coming back from injury, a very good VFL player who um, probably until getting injured was almost a certainty to be drafted in the mid-season draft. Yep. Um, so to keep him possessionless for the whole game. Uh, as I said, you know, he was coming back from injury and might have been on limited minutes here and there, but it was a super effort by head, so it was deservedly named best player. Um, Jack, uh, one of the pleasing aspects, I guess, has been uh, how our forward line structure seems to be working really, really well at the moment. 100%. Um, I think, you know, it's such a young group and a new group, but it's so exciting. And I'm not sure of the exact stats, but we're certainly up there in the competition for um, goals um, once you're inside 50 in terms of percentage. Um, and that was certainly helped on the weekend by young Jake Riccardi, who led the way kicking six goals. He's an exciting young prospect, isn't he? He really is, Kev. He played a couple of games for us last year uh, as a 19 year old at the quarter cannon. Uh, and he played back, he played forward, and he certainly got the attributes. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone would say this year has probably exceeded expectations just in terms of the fact that, you know, in football terms, he's a kid. His first year of senior footy, uh, the question marks of no anti-density rules that they do have at TAC Cup level. He's come in, he's been the main key forward every week uh, for the whole season, which is a remarkably tough job to do for anyone. Um, and not only has he played his role, but I believe he's now second in the competition goal-kicking. He takes marks, he gives goal assists. Um, he's got some really good attributes. So certainly, I think the most exciting fact is that he's actually got a few things he can still work on. But having said that, what he's brought to the table every week has been fantastic. And he's also a young man with his feet firmly planted on the ground. He's, uh, he's not getting ahead of himself and he, he has, as you mentioned, got a few strings to his bow, but uh, he, uh, he knows he's got a long way to go as well. I think that you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, take away the football aspect of it. And this is something, you know, most of all of our boys are, to be honest. Um, but he's actually just a really, really good guy. Uh, he works hard. He knows what he needs to work on. He, he, again, he works hard to try and improve those areas. Um, I always have a bit of a laugh about it. But with him, I, I call him Peter, uh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Peter Riccardi and, and teasing him about that connection, obviously. Um but, no, he's a really good kid as well as, you know, a really promising footballer. Big game this weekend, Box Hiller. Just uh, at the moment, very tenuously hanging on to that uh, eighth spot, uh, uh, but only half a game ahead of uh, Casey. So uh, they'll, they'll be uh, they'll be looking for a scalp, and uh, our boys at home really need to, uh, to assert themselves uh, in that uh, in that top six. We certainly do. And, and as you said, it's a massive game for Box Hill. Last year's um, Premier's who, to be honest, only sort of scraped into the finals last year and then had a really good finals series. So, I mean, from a positive point of view, that goes to show what can happen if you make finals and, and if, if we're to do that. Yep. Um, but from their point of view, um, you know, having my involvement still at Hawthorne, um, quite close to a few of the players hosting the podcast, etc., that they really feel like they were just slowly starting to get things into gear a little bit over the last few weeks. Uh, they obviously had a disappointing game on the weekend, but they'll sort of come into the game confident, but Having said that, I mentioned that they were the reigning premiers and won it last year, and we played them twice and beat them twice. So yep. 
Uh, I'll take every bit of credit of that as the assistant coach who gave all the insight into the Hawthorne <laughs> game plan, Kev. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, no, it's, it's a really big, important game and potentially our last home game for the year, depending if we make finals and how that ends up playing as well. So it'd be great to have as many supporters as possible come and watch us. And now we've got the Beyond Blue Cup we're playing for on the, on the weekend. I want to I wanted to sort of take the opportunity to talk to you because I know you, you're doing a, a talk this week at a Beyond Blue function uh, with Michael Barlow. Uh, you, you went through some trials and tribulations and obviously some dark times that you had to come out the other side of. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important thing and, and I think um, you know, every everyone talks about how, how, in a way, it's good that there are so many AFL players sort of leading the way and, and saying that they've got these mental health issues. It's obviously not good that they have them, Kevin. Mm. Obviously, I'm not saying that. But it's great that people are willing to come up um, and speak about it and, and sort of make it okay for everyone to, you know, I'm not okay here and it's okay to not be okay and, and to ask for help. Um, you know, I, I certainly had a few issues through my career in terms of... Um, I was diagnosed with diabetes. Whilst I was playing footy, I um, had quite a few injuries. Uh, and then I had to finish playing football due to um, issues with concussions. So um, whilst I was in dark times and, and obviously, you know, quite a few things to get through, I'm really fortunate um, that I, I never have thus far in touch with don't have any mesh, uh, have any issues with mental health. Yep. Um, so um, I'm really fortunate from that regard. But I actually draw a very similar parallel um, to mental health and concussion in terms of the fact that it's something we're still learning a lot about, that 20 years ago there was probably a lot of stigma around it. Yep. Um, you know, in terms of mental health stuff, there was the old adage, oh, mate, just toughen up, you'll be fine. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, concussion stuff, it was very much, oh, it's just a headache, you'll be okay. Um, so it's something we're learning more about. It's something that's really hard to quantify in terms of, you know, only the person who's going through it can actually talk about the extent of which it's impacting them and how it's impacting them. Um, and there's probably still a bit of question mark from smaller factions of the community in terms of questioning its legitimacy, etc. which, you know, obviously we still have a long way to go in that education space. But as I said, I, I find a lot of parallels in that regard because both of them, it's not as simple as a torn hamstring or a broken arm where you can see it and there's a time frame to getting better. It is much harder for uh, for people outside to understand, or for anybody actually to understand something you can't see and feel yourself. It's really hard to to relate to, but we all know that it's absolutely very real. Both those two um, sort of um, areas that you talk about, the concussion area and the mental health area. And the good news is that they're both not fixed, but they're both helped by uh, that one thing that helps us with everything we do, and that's communication. Exactly right, Kevin. And it's just so important. Um, you know, you hear the messaging from from pretty much everyone these days who come out and talk about the um, issues that they are having with their mental health, of it is okay not to be okay and, and speaking out and seeking help um, and, and none of this old um, garbage effectively of, I oh, just man up, you'll be fine, deal with it yourself. As I said, it, it, that's garbage. It's very old school. Um, you know, it is okay to not be okay. I can't mention that enough. Um, as I said, I'm fortunate that I've never had any issues personally in in this regard but certainly know a lot of people who have yeah um, you know these are people who are tough and strong and courageous people and just unfortunately um the black dog i think they refer to it as yep. sometimes that yep. it doesn't discriminate and, and can impact on anyone absolutely and uh we're addressing that and i'm going to be talking to uh, damien franklin in just a tick uh, on the podcast uh, our welfare officer about uh, those areas and and how we uh, how we're looking after our players and our playing group and our, our staff and everybody around the club uh, in those areas jack thanks for your time hopefully a little more intel uh, information uh, to the coaching staff this week and get us another win over box hill and we'll be all happy
I don't want to put too much pressure on myself, Kev, but I'm two from two against the old foe thus far, so we'll have to see how we go. <laughs> Good on you, Jack. Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Always a pleasure, Kev. W podcast. One of the things we wanted to do with this podcast is introduce you to a whole lot of people around the club you, you'll see but probably don't know what they do and uh, what their role is. And one of those people is Damien Franklin, who joins me right now. Damien, hello, welcome. Uh, you've been at the club now, what, how many years now? This is my 10th year, Kev. Yeah, I thought it must have been coming up around double figures somewhere. Um, uh, uh, player welfare, so um, exactly what does that involve? Uh, anything to do with a player's life that doesn't involve coaching. So all the off-field stuff, living, schooling, work, families, partners, just getting to know the player away from the club as far as what their needs are and how we can best support them. And we have players come in from uh, you know all parts of the uh, of the universe. We have them come in uh, at different ages. We have them come in, uh, some still going to school, some working, some looking for a job. I mean, obviously, there's a logistics there that uh, is, is quite broad. It is very broad, and I think we once called it the melting pot. So we've got guys coming out of the AFL, guys trying to make the AFL, and guys trying to play at the highest level they possibly can. And you put them all together and, you, and that's the VFL. And we have that great diverse range of people right now and we have them come from all areas. And I think we did a bit of a look during pre-season. We have 33 player, players who are from not in Melbourne. So on our list of 45, that gives us quite a range of people and quite a range of backgrounds. Uh, when, you, when we talk about player welfare, I mean, there's a, there's a, a lot to this. So what, what areas do you, do you delve into? Uh, so it's a... Basically a support role, so I'm there as a conduit at times between the players and the club, between the families and the club, between the parents and tenor, and we provide um, everything we can from if it's introducing them to people for potential work, finding them living arranged, uh, living options, accommodation options, um, short-term, long-term, to taking people to hospital if they've been injured or liaising with families if they're coming down from the country because their son's been injured in a game and and just giving them that person they can call if they've got any issues they want to raise or any feedback they want to provide the club so they know they can call me and I'll get passed along to the appropriate people. Yeah, it's obviously a difficult, well, not a, I won't say difficult job, it's obviously a challenging job. It's a rewarding job too. So yeah. yes, there are challenges, and, but there's challenges in everyone's life and everyone's busy and everyone's got things going on. But then when you see that kid that you've put a couple of years of work into and he plays his first senior VFL game, you, you get a great sense of reward out of seeing that and seeing the whole family get involved, which is something I think we've, we're doing very well, this, especially this year, but in the past where we get the families down, get them involved, and we get to see, I suppose, how they all live the journey. So it's not just the person who gets run out, but it's their mum, dad, grandparents have all been involved from day one that get a great sense of achievement when they play that first game. And I guess whether it's, you know, Tyler Watts coming in and playing as a 23rd player or Mickey Barlow coming back from the AFL and, and rejoining the club that he sort of got his start with, there's a sort of there's a common thread of their love of footy and just wanting to be with their mates and have a good time that, that sort of permeates through all of that? There is, there is that. And for a lot of these kids, they've taken the challenge to step away from their comfort zone. So Tyler Watts is from down near Portland Way and uh, he's moving to... Geelong, Melbourne area to have a go at 
playing VFL because he thinks he's got potential and he's got a lot of potential. And then you got Mick, who wants to keep playing at the highest level possible while learning from um, a coach like Choco and, and to advance his coaching options. So you've got this great level of experience, but still wanting to, I suppose, give back to the opportunity that was given. And then you've got someone like Sods, who was thinking about this earlier, and he's actually played his first games in my first year at the club as a 23rd player from John Falcons. Yeah. He's probably the, uh, apart from Mick coming back, the only one that's from back in that time. In a so decade, yeah. In a decade of football, there's been a lot of things change about footy. Whether it's you know the the IT that is now used in football and all that, has has very much has much changed in uh, in your role in that ten year period. Uh yeah, a lot of lots changed. It used to be I'd ring them up for a chat. Now I get a text message or a WhatsApp <laughs> message or a Viber message. Um, but back when I started, we we had a uh, we actually had a club site. We were probably one of the few VFL clubs that had a club psychologist that was coming in doing stuff with our leadership group. Yep. And now over time we've actually had a club sports psychologist implanted into the club from time to time. Our medical expertise, the club provider have grown a lot. The con the, the conduit between the uh, medical teams and the coaches has really been enhanced so there's a lot more knowledge being shared and and uh, I suppose the number one thing that's changed at Werribee is the facilities. So we've gone from what well, were okay, better than local facilities, to now being close to AFL standards. And according to uh, some past AFL players, come through better than some clubs' facilities. And that's that's been a huge change, and that makes it a lot easier to try and sell the club to someone when they can actually see Mark's dream. I suppose Mark and uh, John Nichols' dream of what they wanted the club to look like. Damien, uh, there you mentioned uh, there the, the where the medical thing has gone and the and the, the welfare of the players and the, our ability to be able to help them through injuries and all those sorts of things are terrific. A lot of people these days and and this weekend we're playing for the Beyond Blue Cup talk about the mental welfare of players and how important that is. That's obviously been something that's uh, become more of a focus in in your decade at the club. It has, and that's something that um, we take very seriously. We've had uh, a club psychologist sports psychologists heavily involved in the club for the last few years and the club takes its responsibility as a player's mental health very seriously and that the medical team treat every player with the confidentiality that's required and and will refer them to the appropriate support person and even as far as if I have a conversation with a player and, I, and it's outside my realms of expertise that's a conversation I have with the club doctor who will then pass that on to the club psychologist and then vice versa we have parents who I have parents that will call up and just say, is there any chance you can just check in on my son? He's living three hours from where he grew up. I'm not sure how he's going. Can you just check in on him? And, and just little conversations like that keep that conversation going so players aren't afraid to step forward if they're having issues. Yeah, and that, I guess the communication, again, it all comes back down to the, the ability to communicate between all the different uh, parties that are involved here is, is the number one thing. And that's, that's something the club has really worked on and has really enhanced, especially in the last couple of years. But I think this year the communication has been outstanding. Mate, uh, it's, it's been, a, been been a very quick 10 years that you've been at the club, to be perfectly honest. Wasn't that, it doesn't seem to me that long ago you were running around you know, as the number one ruckman at the Yarraville Footy Club. Oh, I tried to do both for a year and then realised it's much better not to wake up sore on a Sunday. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it makes it what well, on, on match days. I mean, we see in the race and stuff like that. But what have you have you actually got a, a role on match day? You're just there to support the players as they uh, as they go about their, their business. So my role on match day is touch wood is to do as little as 
possible. So I'm, everyone has their job on a match day. But if someone gets injured, that's when I'll be there to provide the support that's required. And a uh, couple of weeks ago, last week before last, we had Riley Barrett get injured. So um, when someone gets injured, I don't get to watch much of the football. I'm more about what do they need? What do I need to do for them? What do we need to do for them? Who do we need to call? Uh, so whether that's taking someone straight to hospital or meeting an ambulance or whatever that might be, just being that support person as required. And then before games, if we've got a player playing first games, we'll get the family involved and we'll bring them down and show them around and take them in. They get to see them receive their first therapy jumper. And then throughout the year, we'll host several parent functions where we'll get the parents all in together so they get to know each other and uh, get back. We make them feel as welcome at the club as we possibly can. Yeah, no, doing a great job with that. Well done. Good on you, Damien. Thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it on the Big W podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Well, thanks to uh, Jack Fitzpatrick and to Damien Franklin, our welfare officer, for joining me uh, on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Once again, thanks to our great sponsors, the Australian Building Company, homes for unbelievable prices. Make sure you check out their Display Village. Uh, go and have a look around, uh, see what's on offer. It's the New Haven Display Village in Tarnit. Uh, also, Churnside's by the River. Come and have a look at that too, down at Avalon Airport Oval. Uh, give us a buzz on 9741 double six double eight uh, we've got our big uh, president's lunch there on this coming saturday with julia gillard as our special guest as chair of beyond blue and also our club patron uh, we look forward to uh, having julia there but if you've got a, a wedding coming up you've got a birthday you've got uh, uh, end of year celebrations for your sporting club or for your business uh, give diana a call on nine seven four one double six double eight also thanks to Korea waste management one three hundred two six seven Four six nine six. Have a look at what they can uh, help you with at cariowm.com.au. And if you're heading to the airport, the best way to get there, the hassle-free way to get there, is Skybus. Fast, frequent, and affordable airport transfers. Look forward to seeing you Saturday at uh, Avalon Airport Oval for our big game against Box Hill. Gets underway at two o'clock. Make sure if you can come to the President's Lunch and enjoy that. There'll be a members' uh, happy hour afterwards uh, upstairs in Churnside's by the river. So a lot happening on Saturday. Look forward to seeing you down at Avalon Airport Oval. Go to the Big W.